going about. Uh, when I came in Friday, I just had this and the little table chairs. Since then, I've got those flowers anywhere, so they're beautiful. But uh, the setting, also, we have a door that's been locked. And now it says unlock, open, come on in. As you know, this past uh, this year, I've spent a lot of time in the waiting rooms. I had uh, surgery in January, and uh, I went to the doctor, to, or went to the hospital for my surgery, and uh, they said to be there two hours early, 7 o'clock. Well, driving from Waverly to the hospital in Columbus was an hour and a half, maybe two, depending on the traffic. So I got there, I'm there on time. Cornell, my son, who was here last week with me, my husband, we were waiting in the waiting room. And someone, young man, came out, called my name, and I got up and I went into another waiting room. And they were getting me ready, and this young man, he couldn't have been 20, he hands me this rolled-up cap, and he says, put this on, take it all off.
she said, you know, you'll, you'll get better faster than anybody we have here. Because you know God. And I talk to God when I get in those situations. So, waiting is important. And um, the song that we sang earlier, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, I want you to know that um, that that song to me is a very comforting song as we talk about seeking God today. I was in that waiting room and I was leaning on the everlasting arms. In 1887, two students had lost their wives. And the professor, Showwater, uh, decided that he would give them some counsel. He looked at Deuteronomy chapter 33 and it says, God is my refuge. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out all your enemies. And out of this verse, he wrote the song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. What a beautiful song. Now I've lost my iPad. I... <laughs> you know where he is? Different characters. So now you're shaking your head. So Penny Penny 
the story read to my children. She was uh, out in the barnyard and she was under an acorn tree. And the acorn fell out of the tree and hit her on the head. So she started running all through the barnyard. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And she went to every animal. Of course, the last animal she went to was a fox. But we know the story and how it ended. She was seeking refuge and she went to the wrong place. And I think the story goes that, I hate to think I read this in my kids, that the fox ate all, ate all the animals, had them for dinner. Seems a little gruesome, doesn't it? But we have to be careful where we look for refuge. And I like to think that all of you know God well enough that that's where we look. This fable was written in 1844 about fear mongering during an election. Huh. Okay. And on the eve of the election, one would suppose that the fable of Chicken Little was about to become truth. How amazing it is that things that happened in the past to just seem to come full circle. So we have to be careful about where we seek refuge, I said earlier. There are cults, there are bars. There are substances that we should never use. But our church here offers hope. I was so thankful when they got Brian's prayer and got ready and how every time he said, thank you for the prayers. That means so much. Our church is amazing. The word see is found in the Bible nearly 300 times. Uh, in examples, if you seek him, he will be found. Pray and seek my face. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And in Luke chapter 9, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And there are more. He seeks you as well. He's on the other side of the door. You know, in the waiting room, so many times there's no sign in, inside the door that you're going to go into. But I thought about what would I do if I went in the waiting room and the door said, unlocked, come in. Would you sit there and wait till somebody came out and someone came out and got you? We would, wouldn't we? We wait on a person. So I'm not just going to go in and pick a room and figure out where I'm going to land. But we wait. And God is seeking us, too. When I said my prayer, the Psalm 23, and he said it, he anoints my head. Anoint. I'm chosen, too. He seeks me as well. God does not, oh, lost it again, sorry. God does not guarantee that we won't have problems, but he does promise to walk with us through it. Our lives are a story that fits into the Bible. From Genesis 1, God's, God created the earth, and he said, let there be light. To the very last chapter of Revelation 22, 
chapter 22, Christ is the bright morning star. That's kind of like that painting. You know, the earth was void, devoid of light and form, and then there's light. There's light. The sun will come shining through. There's hope in the Word. There's a hope of life. And throughout the entire Bible, people are seeking the hope of the world, peace, love, joy, Christ. And you know what we seek is a free gift. I can't imagine what or how much a person spends sitting in a bar all night. I don't know. But Christ is a free gift. I love the smell of a new car. I go up here on Bridge Street. I get my car washed and that man in there behind the counter, he says, would you like a nice scent for your car? And I say, oh, do you have the new car smell? <laughs> my car was bought in 2007. And it smelled good for a while. I love the new car smell. So he gave me four packs of the new car smell. <laughs> and those didn't last very long. But that very first day, that next day, I thought, oh, this feels good. I'm in a new car. But those kinds of things fade away. New shoes wear out. Of course, some of them you can only wear a couple times because they have six-inch heels. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Walk this way. See him, and you will find him. Enter. Come in. This door is unlocked. Life is a journey. My dad was such a sweetheart. I think of him all the time. His kindness. He helped all my neighbors. And when uh, one night, my uncle was shot in his bed. Someone shot through the house. Kind of sounds like Columbus, doesn't it? But this was Kentucky. Someone shot through the front of the house and killed him in his bed. Because he crossed the picket line when the coal company was, when the men from the coal company we're on strike. He crossed the picket line. And my dad was the only man, the only person, who would go inside that house and help those folks get him out. The sheriff came to help. And my dad, we lived about a mile from them, he came to help. Actually, my dad was a sheriff for about three years. He was such a good, kind man, I have a feeling. That people were just doing. He just didn't like being around all those mean people. He had a heart for helping. He was a good person. And I always thought my job was to be a good person too, because of the example that he set. So I didn't rebel. I didn't cause trouble. Because I didn't want to make his life any more difficult. Life is a journey. It's a process. 
God is seeking you all along. You seek him, he seeks you. So let him find you. Open the door and let him in. He made you for a relationship with you. He's all about relationship. We're a church family. We have a family. And we all belong together. When my son was a little boy, I remember one day, you know, he loved to climb under the, the clothing racks and hide. And one day I heard him go up to the clerk and he said, my mom is lost. Could you help me find her? <clears throat> no, we don't want to be lost. We want to always be found. Well, what I want you to do this week is do what I did. I did a time study. Now, this is mine. You know, um, it, it's important that we think about how much time do we spend with God? How much time in a week? Well, I figured there's, there are about 168 hours in a week, right? 24 times 7. I spend, I hope, 56 hours sleeping. If I don't sleep at night, I catch up during the day, not here at work. And I spend about 40 hours working, so 96 hours. Seven hours a week, about an hour in the morning, journaling and reading the Bible, and then here. I could count the glade, though, couldn't I? Yes. So I could add another hour there. <coughs> Two hours in worship. Um, also, I spend an hour watching my favorite show. Well, actually, I just spend 30 minutes because I DVR it. I get all the commercials out. And uh, so I got to cut that down a little bit. Three and a half hours, maybe, on the internet because I really like the internet. I think of all these things I feel like, how many times does God seek the word seek in the Bible? You, look, you ask Siri and she tells you. Uh, Ten and a half hours eating, sometimes more or less. Seven hours bathing and dressing. Doesn't take me long to do this. Um, Twenty-seven hours, so equals nearly four hours left over to go. Look at the hours you've left after you do all that. You didn't think you had that many hours left, did you? So, think about it. Make a chart this week. The door is unlocked today. And you, it's just for you. So on that paper, you put your name there here. Put me here on that. Each of you put your name there. As you see him, as you wait for the right moment, the answer to your questions are in the waiting room. This week, these are some things that you can do. They're on the bottom of that little paper that you fill in the blanks. Add up all the hours you spend, either in worship, Bible study, prayer, so on. You can read it. And what does the way you spend your time say about you? Seek a way to spend a few more minutes looking for the way. See is used in scripture. You go to the back of your Bible. You see the word seek. It tells you all the pages you can find it. And find one new way to wait patiently for God as you share your faith.
seek him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that all will set the goal of your high calling and for the strength to grasp the prize, that all will first seek you. Walk through the open door as you seek us. Amen. Amen.